You thankful for them? Another thing that we want to celebrate um, is an awesome couple in our church. And so uh, if you know them and love them, you can shout. If you don't know them or don't love them, you can still shout. Jordan and Priscilla Wood, come on up here. <laughs> an amazing family. Love you guys so much. So I want to let you guys know something exciting. We uh, were able to just hire both of these folks this last week. Those of you who've been around know that our staff has been growing this year and God has just been, it's been so fun to be a part of God putting together a team, not just to lead us in this body, in this church, but to be a part of it and help all of us be a part of what God wants to do in our city. Amen. So we just brought on Priscilla. She's joining the Antioch Kids team part-time. So excited. She's amazing and she's a blessing. And you're gonna see more of her, especially on Sunday mornings. She's gonna be uh, really taking the lead on our curriculum and all sorts of amazing things that God's doing. Uh, Cause we've got about this many kids that are back there almost. Uh, so we've got an amazing thing. God's doing awesome stuff. And we love making disciples and creating kingdom culture at home through Antioch Kids, amen. If you are a parent and you've been blessed by Antioch Kids, raise your hand. If you've served in Antioch Kids and been blessed, raise your hand. If kids are cute, raise your hand. Amen, amen. Awesome. And, and then as I hop over here, we also were able to hire Jordan. He is our new executive pastor here at Antioch Indy. So thankful for Jordan. We're so, uh, we're so pumped to uh, add this man of God to our pastoral staff and our church. He is a mighty man of God. I actually, Heather and I know Jordan and Priscilla from our time in Antioch, Waco. We were all in college together, leading things in college. And then uh, we didn't talk for a long time. And then all of a sudden they moved up here a year ago from Waco and Priscilla called Heather one day and was like, we live in Indiana. We're like, wow, you never called, you know? <laughs> you didn't even tell us. And Jordan just showed up at church one day and I was like, Jordan, what? So they've just been amazing people in our church the last year, uh, working and just doing life. And they've been a blessing to everybody who knows them. And God has been making it clear that we need, uh, I need, I need a lot of help with some structure and some execution and some leadership around here. And uh, God just clearly led uh, us and the elders to uh, in initiating with Jordan and Priscilla. And I just called them on Friday afternoon. I was like, hey, got a question for you. I said, we are wanting to hire an executive pastor. I wanna know if you wanna talk about that. Wow. <laughs> so it's kind of out of the blue, but God just took us on an amazing journey of hearing God. And I just want you to know that these two love this church so much. They love each and every one of you. They love what God has called you to. They love what God has called us to. They've already been serving and investing. And this, the more we dug into it, the more it was just like, this just makes sense. Like this wasn't our idea. God is putting this together. So they both started this last week and things are already better. And uh, just want to encourage you, there's just been um, several different prophetic words that we've gotten disconnected and people didn't even know and all kinds of different things, but God has been speaking on uh, bringing them on, especially bringing them on in this type of a leadership position for us, um, just about their last name, Wood, right? And God's been speaking to us about fire. And when you need to increase the fire, you got to put more wood on the fire. And another word that people have been speaking, that, that talk about Jordan and Priscilla, as you ask people, they'll say, when Jordan and Priscilla show up, they just kind of bring fresh wind into stuff. 
And that's an ingredient for fire right there. You put more wood on and then you blow on it and the fire increases. And so I believe that their decision to step into uh, this role in our church is a benefit for all of us. And we are looking forward to more of the presence of God, the fire of God and leadership and what God wants to do in this city and in the nations of the earth. Amen. Amen. So I'm going to have the elders coming up here. We're going to pray uh, for Jordan and Priscilla as they step into this role. As we read through the book of Acts, you know, God is just so clear on how he built his church. He was uh, calling out leaders to step into especially this type of oversight role. And when, uh, when that happened, there was clear instruction for, for the leadership of that church to pray. Because this isn't just a job, that they are stepping into a spiritual authority and a covering for us as a body. And for each and every one of you, we're believing that they're going to step into a deeper revelation of God themselves, but that we are just agreeing and we're saying, guys, we trust we trust you to be a part of the leadership team of this body and what God wants to do and where God wants to take us. So we're going to pray for them uh, for, so that we all benefit. How's that sound? <laughs> Amen. So why don't you just go ahead and extend your hand towards them as we pray. Jesus, we thank you so much for Jordan and Priscilla, and uh, we bless their family right now in Jesus' name. We thank you for their marriage. We thank you for their kids, and we just pray more over their marriage this morning in Jesus' name. I thank you for how you've been bringing them together, how you've brought all of us together. We thank you for this moment right now, this little moment that is going to matter for so much, and we just, we just have faith right now for the things that you are going to do. We thank you for what is coming ahead. Lord, I pray for each of them personally that they'd go deeper into the love of God. Lord, we pray for them that they, uh, as they speak into the direction and, and help execute different things in our church, Lord, that there would be the anointing of the Holy Spirit on everything that they touch. We thank you that just like in Acts 6, as you were building the leadership, you said, bring men and women of good reputation who are full of the Holy Spirit. We thank you that Jordan and Priscilla are a man and a woman of good reputation. We thank you that they've been faithful for so long. We thank you that they're full of the Holy Spirit, that anything's possible when we're full of the Holy Spirit. And Lord, just uh, specifically over Jordan, Lord, as you bring him in, Lord, we just, we, we welcome him into the mantle of leadership on this church. And uh, we trust that he is going to hear you and he's going to speak into the direction and the things that you're calling us to. We trust that he's going to help make, help us make good decisions. We're going to trust his leadership. We're going to trust his input. And we're so thankful, Lord. And I just thank you even just personally, Lord, for what he has already meant to me and his commitment to be an armor bearer and a right hand to me. And I just thank you for that, Lord. I thank you for their heart to serve and to support and uh, to preach the gospel of the kingdom and to make others great. So we welcome them and we receive them in the name of Jesus by the power of the Holy Spirit. Everybody said, amen, 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 amen. Can you welcome them in one more time? Amen. It's a good day to come to church. Tell your neighbor you made a good choice. <laughs> it's about to get better around here. I am not preaching this morning. And everybody say, woohoo. We have uh, somebody who is amazing on our preaching team. You've heard from her before if you've been around here. If you haven't been around here and this is your first time, buckle up and get ready. Uh, if you're ready to receive a word from God, raise your hand. Okay, if your neighbor didn't raise your hand, shoot him an elbow in the gut. It's going to be a good time. Uh, I haven't heard the whole message, but I've heard the gist of it, and I need it more. So I'm excited to get the whole piece of the pie this morning. I hope you're ready to receive a word from God. Ladies and gentlemen, Karis Frigi. Thank you. Oh, man. 
Well, that was my husband who brought up my podium. And I told someone this week that we were speaking. Um, I think because sometimes when I speak, I feel like we're speaking like we're, sh anyway. He's with me in spirit so much. Uh, but as Andrew said, my name is Karis, and I just love this church. And I wanted to take a minute before I even get started and talk about Andrew for a little bit, just because I can. <laughs> Andrew and Heather. Um, but if you guys have visited the church office recently, as I have, it's just full of amazing people. And it keeps getting more full of amazing people. And as I see the people come in, I'm like so pumped. Um, I just want to say I take full responsibility for that. I checked the batteries before service, and I blew it. You have a broken toe. I feel like it could be your excuse. Um, anyway, the staff is amazing, and as they bring on more people, I'm realizing how much I respect Andrew and Heather's choices, but also how thankful I am for their friendship. And I found a picture on my husband's phone this morning of them. I didn't bring the picture up, but I really should have because Andrew looks tiny. But... Um, there's a picture of them at the birth of our son six years ago, six and a half years ago, and um, it is so significant because they're like the only ones who made it through this. It was the blizzard, the Christmas blizzard. Do you guys remember that? And anyway, so I had Cade the day after Christmas, early in the morning. They were our only visitors that came, and they were just in town from Texas, and as I was looking at the picture... I was thinking of the significance of the journey that we've been through. Our son um, was diagnosed with stage four cancer in November of 2017, a year into the church plant, and how Andrew and Heather demonstrated for me what friendship looks like. Didn't mean to cry. But like people, I was so afraid when I heard the diagnosis and like the road we had, because I was afraid that people would leave. Like no one wants to walk the hard road, you know? And instead I found that they were there just step by step, and not only that, so many people in the church were, but when they demonstrate how to do friendship, not all of you will be super close with Andrew and Heather, but there will be this peace in our church that they know how to model friendship, and so it will, it will ripple out. Does that make sense? So I just wanted to thank you guys for being amazing friends. Um, okay, so we just wrapped up our money series. Did anyone love it? Okay, I have to admit, I wasn't super amped about it. Money's not my favorite topic, and I was preferring something more spiritual feeling, but it was really good, and I feel like I learned a lot, um, and we're going into a series next week that I'm, like, very excited about, but I'm not sure I'm allowed to tell you all, so I won't tell you, but you don't want to miss it. It's the first time all have been in a church where we do it, so I'm excited, um, but today, Andrew was like, why don't you speak on whatever's on your heart? So I knew what was on my heart. I just wasn't sure if it was a word for everybody. Do you know what I mean? In Proverbs, it says that the friendship of the Lord is reserved for those who fear him, and he makes known his covenant to them. And sometimes there's these pieces of friendship between us and God that are just between us and God. And that's like so good, right? And so I was just praying through, Lord, is this a word for everybody? And as I began to share, 
with different people that I trusted, what I'd been feeling, it was really evident quickly that this was not only just for me, but this was for our church. And not only that, but it was like something God gave Chad and I in the hardest season of our lives so that we could give it away. So I'm coming full of faith this morning that this is going to be like yeast in your life. You know how the Bible talks about the kingdom of heaven is like leaven that a woman took and she hid in three things of dough and it grew and expanded. And so that's what I'm praying that today is, is it's just another piece of of leaven in your lives and God will do what he wants with it. Um, And really today, what I'm talking about is what happens when the enemy steals from you and how to pray. Because I feel that the Lord wants us to pray to recover all. So that's the name of our, of our talk today. Um, and when, like I said, in 2017, our son was diagnosed two days before Thanksgiving. And um, it was a crazy journey. And we had radiation up until Christmas, so the whole month of December. And we would meet at 7 a.m. down in the basement of this building, and we'd worship and pray. And I was reading Isaiah 45 one morning. And the Lord just spoke to me out of this verse. It says, he's actually, the Lord's speaking to a king who's not even part of the Israelites. He's King Cyrus. But God says to him, I will give you the treasures of darkness and the hordes in secret places that you may know that it is I, the Lord, the God of Israel, who call you by your name. And I felt like the Lord said, I'm going to give you treasures in this darkness. And so this is like what today is for all of us to realize that we don't need to be afraid of these dark seasons because the Lord gives us treasure. When we know him, he's going to give us treasure. So so like I said, we go through a year-long journey with our son, and the Lord gave me this chapter and gave Chad this chapter at two different times. I had gotten it first, and I told Chad, and I thought he heard me. And then... And then a couple months later, um, we had gotten really great scans early on in chemo, and we still had about 20 weeks of treatment left. And so we really began to wrestle, Lord, what do we do? Do we continue with chemo for our son, or do we stop? And um, we decided to keep going, but we put a bucket in our backyard. And we said, Lord, if you put a fish in the bucket, we'll finish chemo. We'll know we're done. Sounds kind of crazy, but it was our idea of faith. So, um, so we get to the very end of chemotherapy, and um, my husband, we have another set of scans at like week 30. So we had like six weeks left. And these scans showed four new spots in Cade's lungs. So we were told, it, we, they assumed it was tumor, and the, the results were pretty dismal. So Chad and I were pretty tanked by that news. Here we thought we were almost done. And then we get these really confusing scans. And Chad was spending time with the Lord the next morning, and he was laying on our living room floor and was asking God, God, what do I do? And 1 Samuel 30 came to his mind, and he didn't know what that was. Had I been there and he shared it, I would have known, but he didn't know. So this is what he opened it up to, and we're going to read the entire thing. Are you all okay with that? Okay, I was going to have Adam Bryan come up and read it because his voice is so nice, but then I was like, you know, that might be kind of weird, so I'm going to read it. Sorry if my voice is not like his. It says, um, now, oh, wait, let me give you some background for this. Okay, so the Old Testament is not God-confused, right? It's not like God before he got a personality change and then he got nice. Do you know what I'm saying? And, And the Old Testament is also not to be dismissed. It's not to be ignored. It's not to be dismissed. It is to be understood through the lens of Jesus, which is why Jesus is so helpful But this story is not to be dismissed. And so I felt like when the Lord gave me this story, it was 
courage to my heart. And it's something that gives us a picture of what God wants us to do. Now, King David, this is before he was actually a king. Remember, he's anointed. And then there's a long journey till he becomes a king. And throughout the journey, many things happen. And I think of these as like the lost years to me. They get kind of confusing. And this is a part of the story where David is being pursued by Saul and he gets so sick of it. Finally, he takes he and like 600 men that have followed David and he takes them and he goes to the enemy's land, to the Philistines' land. And while he's there, the Philistines give him a certain city. In uh, 1 Samuel 27, if you go back a few chapters, you'll find that they give him a city and the name of this city is Ziklag. And the name means winding. And I found that so significant because sometimes between the promise given and the promise fulfilled, things wind. And when you look back, you're like, I am not sure we're going to get there. And so when God spoke this chapter to Chad, we were in the middle of that winding. Now, I'm standing on this side saying the promise was fulfilled. But I just want us to say this chapter is where we were and where maybe some of you are. So now we can get into it. Now, when David and his men came to Ziklag on the third day, the Amalekites had made a raid against the Negev and against Ziklag. They had overcome Ziklag and burned it with fire and taken captive the women and all who were in it, both small and great. They killed no one, but carried them off and went their way. And when David and his men came to the city, they found it burned with fire and their wives and sons and daughters taken captive." Then David and the people who were with him raised their voices and wept until they had no more strength to weep. David's two wives also had been taken captive, Ahinoam of Jezreel and Abigail, the widow of Nabal of Carmel. And David was greatly distressed, for the people spoke of stoning him, because all the people were bitter in soul, each for his sons and daughters. But David strengthened himself in the Lord his God. And David said to Abiathar the priest, the son of Ahimelech, bring me the ephod. So Abiathar brought the ephod to David, and David inquired of the Lord, shall I pursue after this band? Shall I overtake them? He answered him, God answered him, pursue, for you shall surely overtake and shall surely rescue. So David set out, and the 600 men who were with him, and they came to the brook Besser, where those who were left behind stayed. But David pursued he and 400 men, 200 stayed behind, who were too exhausted to cross the brook. They found an Egyptian in the open country and brought him to David, and they gave him bread, and he ate. They gave him water to drink, and they gave him a piece of cake of figs and two clusters of raisins. And when he had eaten, his spirit revived, for he had not eaten bread or drunk water for three days and three nights. And David said to him, To whom do you belong, and where are you from? He said, I am a young man of Egypt, servant to an Amalekite, and my master left me behind because I fell sick three days ago. We had made a raid against the Negev of the Cherethites and against that which belongs to Judah and against the Negev of Caleb, and we burned Ziklag with fire. And David said to him, will you not take me down to this band? And he said, swear to me by God that you will not kill me or deliver me into the hands of my master, and I will take you down to this band. And when he had taken him down, behold... They, the enemies, were spread abroad all over the land, eating and drinking and dancing because of all the great spoil they had taken from the land of the Philistines and from the land of Judah. And David struck them down from twilight until the evening of the next day, and not a man of them escaped except 400 young men who mounted camels and fled. David recovered all that the Amalekites had taken, and David rescued his two wives. Nothing was missing whether small or great, sons or daughters, spoil or anything that had been taken, David brought back all. David also captured all the flocks and herds, and the people drove the livestock before him and said, this is David's spoil. 
When David came to Ziklag, he sent part of the spoil to his friends, the elders of Judah, saying, here is a present for you from the spoil of the enemies of the Lord. We made it. (laughs) I want to also say, before we go into this, if we were reading in the New King James Version, which we're not, but if we were, it would have had the same words from verse 18, David recovered all. Back when God spoke, pursue, overtake, you will surely recover all. Because it's the same word. It's this Hebrew word, natsal. And that's what it means, is to recover all. So, that's just context. The first thing that we see in this chapter is the enemy comes to steal. I think a lot of us in our lives can point to seasons when the enemy has come in and he has stolen. And for Chad and I, it was while we were busy planting a church with our friends, doing the things of the kingdom, something was happening that we didn't know about in our son's body. And for us, it felt like we were David coming back to our city, our home city, and saying something came into my home and stole things from me. Do y'all know what I'm talking about? You have seasons like this. Now let's go to John 10.10, just to make sure that we don't get confused about who steals and who doesn't steal. So the thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. But I have come, Jesus says, that they may have life and abundantly. So the enemy steals from us. And as I was thinking through this, I was reminded of a verse in Isaiah 59, 19. If you look at it in the ESV, it will not say this, but there's a version that says, when the enemy comes in like a flood, the Lord raises up a standard against him. Now, if you read it in like the ESV, it involves things about like the breath and water, which I was reading some commentaries and it gives the same idea that sometimes the enemy comes in like a flood and the Lord has a standard for us to follow. So I felt like today we're just going to look at what happens through this story and what God is saying to his people that he still wants us to do when we find things are stolen from us. The first thing in verse six, David strengthens himself in the Lord. So he sees what's stolen, and his reaction is not to laugh and be like, God's got this, right? He's sad. He weeps bitterly. People are talking about stoning him, and it says he's greatly distressed. I think sometimes we can think that if we're really spiritual, when we have stuff stolen from us, we won't react. Like, it's just not okay. We have to respond in faith, which we do. But there's a pause here that I think is important. Before he strengthens himself in the Lord, he allows himself to feel the loss. And I think for my husband and I, we had that season of feeling the loss of what was going on in our son's body. But then we went and strengthened ourselves in the Lord. And I would love to know what David did in those moments. And I think for Chad and I, we had to do this over and over in our journey where we strengthened ourselves in who God was. We had to go back. We had to like plug our ears to what the world was saying. We had to plug our ears to what doctors were saying. And we had to say, God, I want to hear what you're saying. I want to remember who you are. I want to look at the New Testament and see that Jesus would heal any who came to him. As many touched the fringe of his garments were healed. And we had to strengthen ourselves in the character of God. My friend sent me this text recently about a little boy getting diagnosed with cancer and Her response was, I just want the Lord to come back. And it made me so mad. It made me mad because I'm like, I don't want him to come back to a church that is so afraid of cancer. Do you know what I'm saying? Or of anything. I don't don't want him to come back to a church that's like, just save us before everything gets us. Like, I want him to come back for a church who knows who they are. 
And I think I was reminded, so I started strengthening myself in the Lord when she sent me that text because it kind of sent my heart into terror, really, about my son, who now is fine. And the Lord reminded me of John 17, and where Jesus says, I do not ask that you take them from the world, but I ask that you keep them from the evil one. For as the Father has sent me into the world, I have sent you. And that's me strengthening myself in the Lord, realizing there's something in the Bible that will strengthen my heart and will let me know, like, I don't need to escape the world. You know, Jesus didn't pray that for me. So that, that's just an example how I strengthen myself in God. In some translations, it says that David encouraged himself in the Lord. And I want to say that you have permission, no matter what your circumstance, your wives might be taken away and your children taken away, probably not. But if they were, you could still encourage yourself. This is what David does. He strengthens himself in the Lord. The second thing that I love that David does, because I'm an impulsive person and this probably wouldn't be what I would do, he inquires of God. So he says, hey, priest Abiathar, bring me this ephod. The ephod was this garment that the priest would wear and on it was this like breastplate and on the breastplate were two tablets called the Umin and the Thummim. Have anyone ever heard of that? I might be pronouncing it wrong. They don't even know. Historians don't really know what these two things were. They just know it's how they inquired of God and God would speak through these, through these two things. So David asks a specific question of God before he rushes out. Now, if it had been me, I would have been like, clearly God wants me to go get these men. You know, and I would have just gone. Or some of you might have been like, everyone wants to stone me. I'm just going to run away. Or you would have thought, I'm going to go get my kingship. Like, I'm supposed to be king. God said I was supposed to be king. I'm going to go to Saul and be like, get off the throne. You know what I mean? And bring Samuel and be like, I was anointed like 14 chapters ago. Or something like that. I'm just saying, David didn't do those things. David inquires of God. Even when the answer might seem obvious to me, go and pursue he inquires of God. And I think that when exhaustion hit his men and 200 of them had to stay behind, that inquiring of God and God's answers sustained him. That's why we inquire of God. So we have words to stand on and promises to stand on. So he inquires of God. And I love what God says. The first thing God says is pursue. So when I think of pursue, this is not a passive word. This is pretty active. When you're like in the throes of grief, you don't feel like being active. You know what I mean? Like, I did not want to go and fast and pray for my son. I wanted to lay on the ground and cry. But sometimes the Lord says, in that moment where you feel your weakness, go and pursue. Sometimes pursuit for me in the past season, the past couple months, has looked like getting counsel. It's looked like owning the fact that like I'm human and something very hard happened to me, and so I'm going to need to address those things. Pursuit can look different for each of us. But when the enemy comes to steal and the Lord speaks to your heart, pursue, don't be scared if it requires you to have action steps. He didn't say, oh, David, just, just sit here, feel really sorry for yourself, I'm going to bring him back. You're right, I'm going to bring him back. He's like, no, David, get your men and go and pursue. The second thing that the Lord says is he says, overtake, not to be intimidated. I bet when David saw all those men partying and dancing in the whole Amalekite army, just like partying on this hill, I bet it brought fear. They're pretty tired, and they see these men who are like really ready to go. But instead of being afraid, he overtakes. He knows the Lord has said, you're going to overtake them. And so he goes, and he overtakes. And then he rescues all. And this is that same word, that natsal, that verse 18, the recover all. 
It means to despoil or deliver from death or enemies, to strip off or to recover all. And I woke up in the middle of the night this week because I knew this was on my heart. And I knew the Lord had been asking me to pray for Cade that we would recover all. I, I woke up and I realized, oh my goodness, the Lord's idea was to recover all. David didn't even say, I'd really like to get it all back. God, please, would you let me get it all back? Right? Whose idea was it? God's. It's God's idea that when we're stolen from, we would recover all. That nothing would be missing. And this is, to me, where prayer comes in. This is what it's looked like in my heart. Is As I look at my son and I see different things in his body or like reactions he has, I can have that moment of fear and I can say, oh, that's just because he had radiation. Like he'll always get a cough after his cold because he had radiation. And I know that sounds silly and some people, that might be fine, but I felt like the Lord just said, that's not faith. You want to recover all. I want nothing to be missing. And this is not... You know, part of me was afraid of this message because I don't want to be prosperity gospel in the way of like, I'm claiming this and God has to do it. I don't want to twist God's arm. He's my friend. But I do want to do what he asked me to do. And I want him to be the person who's like pointing my sword and saying, this is where you're going to fight. And so this is what I feel like the Lord's saying for us as an identity piece out of dearly loved children is to recover all. To pray and to not have things stolen and just be like, well... It got stolen. I guess I'll get something else. I feel like the Lord wants to wake us up to the fact that he's a good father and he wants us to recover all. This story reminded me, ironically, of an article I read in USA Today. And it said that the IRS, right? Internal, yeah, IRS has roughly $1.4 billion in unclaimed federal income tax refunds that about a million Americans may have overlooked. So there's $1.4 billion the IRS has that over a million Americans have not claimed or taken their money. So basically there's money available if people will go and get it, if they'll submit a claim, right? You see where I'm going with this? I felt like the Holy Spirit reminded me of that in this story because he said, hey, in heaven, I have returns for people available. And what's interesting is this article said that the IRS is not required to send out the returns. I'm not saying heaven's not required to do that, but I might be saying that. I might be saying that you're going to have to take action. And so I feel like if the Lord's bringing up these stories in your mind, like, oh, this was stolen. Maybe it was when you were eight years old and it was like a purity issue. This was stolen. I'll just always see this this way because this was stolen. I feel like the Lord wants to say, no, that's not who I am. And there's, there's purity available in heaven for you. There's new hope available in heaven for you. There's lack of trauma available in heaven for you. There's a new memory, a new mind. Do you see what I'm saying? Like, he is so much better than I think he is. And where I'm like, I'll just scrape along until I make it to heaven. He's like, no, Romans 5, 17, I want you to reign in life until you make it to heaven. Sometimes I can use the Bible against itself, and uh, sometimes I can go to Job and be like, well, God did Job. <laughs> I mean, you know what I mean? It's like the wrench that you throw in everything, but I just also was reminded this week at the very end of Job, I had them delete these verses, but we're going here. Job 42 says that God gave Job in the end twice as much, twice as much as he had before. And he prayed for his friends to restore them too, right? 
which I think is significant. But I feel like the Lord is saying today, he is not a God that wants you to just make it and get to heaven and be like, I'm missing half my body, but I made it. Like he wants you to come in whole. That's not health, wealth, prosperity. That is the actual gospel. Okay, Isaiah 54. Does anyone remember our word for the year? Shout it out if you do. Andrew and Heather, don't say it. Do not hold back. So at the beginning of the year, Andrew and a team were waiting on the Lord. God, what do you have to say for our church body? And we felt like he said this verse in Isaiah 54. It says, do not hold back. And I was reminded of that as I was preparing. Do not hold back when you've been stolen from. Do not hold back. There are these verses at the end of Isaiah 54. We're going to read verses 14 through 17. It says, In righteousness you shall be established. You shall be far from oppression, for you shall not fear. In from terror, for it shall not come near you. If anyone stirs up strife, it is not from me. Okay. Whoever stirs up strife with you shall fall because of you. Behold, I have created the smith who blows the fire of coals and produces a weapon for its purpose. I have also created the ravager to destroy. No weapon that is fashioned against you shall succeed, and you shall refute every tongue that rises against you in judgment. This is the heritage of the servants of the Lord and their vindication from me, declares the Lord. Did you know the Lord wants to vindicate you? That's amazing to me. He wants to vindicate you. When you've been stolen from, he is more jealous for you to go and get stuff back than you are. And when you go to get it back, he's going to make sure that nothing will be missing. I love that at the end of this story in verse 26, when David came to Ziklag, he sent part of the spoil to his friends, the elders of Judah, saying, here is a present for you from the spoil of the enemies of the Lord. So basically, not only does David go and get his stuff back, he gets back enough stuff to distribute to his elders of Judah. And then there's three more verses of all the cities he sent spoil to. Your friends need you to get spoil. Your friends need to know that when the enemy steals from you, you have full permission to go and get the faith or the encouragement or the testimony or the character of God enough to distribute it to your friends so that when they get stolen from, they remember what happened. They remember, oh, not only did you get your stuff back, you got more beside and you sent it to me. This is the spoil of the enemies of the Lord. As I was preparing for this, I... I was reminded, though, that there are some of us who have lost things that don't feel like they can come back. You've lost loved ones. You've lost a marriage. You've lost, maybe it's a pregnancy. There are things that feel like, Lord, I can't get this back. Here I'm like hearing this story. Nothing was missing, but something is clearly missing. And then I felt like the Lord reminded me that during treatment, we'd listen to this amazing teaching from Graham Cook, which you can go online and find. It's called The Power of Instead. But I felt like he... The Lord reminded me of that because Isaiah 61 is where I want us to go next. And it's what I felt like for those of us who are thinking of that thing or that person that can't come back. That thing that's been stolen and it it can't be replaced in the exact same way. Because there are situations like that. And I felt like the Lord wanted us to read this. We're going to read verses 1 through 4 and 7 and 8. It says, the spirit of the Lord God is upon me. Remember, this is what Jesus, the first time he stands up in the synagogue, he reads... 
says, the spirit of the Lord God is upon me because the Lord has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and the opening of the prison to those who are bound, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor and the day of vengeance of our God, to comfort all who mourn, to grant to those who mourn in Zion, to give them a beautiful headdress instead of ashes, the oil of gladness instead of mourning, the garment of praise instead of a faint spirit, that they may be called oaks of righteousness, the building of the Lord, that he may be glorified. They shall build up the ancient ruins. They shall raise up the former devastations. They shall repair the ruined cities, the devastations of many generations. Instead of your shame, there shall be a double portion. Instead of dishonor, they shall rejoice in their lot. Therefore, in their land, they shall possess a double portion. They shall have everlasting joy. For I, the Lord, love justice. I hate robbery and wrong. I will faithfully give them their recompense, and I will make an everlasting covenant with them. The Lord hates robbery. There is an instead exchange available for you. If you find yourself in that, pas that passage, maybe it's, I have felt the morning. He has an exchange for you this morning. And what's so encouraging, as I was getting ready to come up here, someone came up to me and said, I was praying this morning and I had a strong sense. The Lord said, Isaiah 61, and he said that the Lord wanted to make an exchange with people today. So I was like, yeah, I know. <laughs> I know. And the Lord does. And I just want you to hear that that was, it's said twice so that you'd be encouraged. If you feel like there's an exchange for you and your heart is afraid to ask for it, the Lord wants you to ask for it. He will faithfully pay you back. He will make sure that you will recover all. That at the end of your life, you'll look back and you'll say, nothing was missing. We're going to respond with a longer time of prayer. So if the team will come up, I just, I just really feel like there are people in this room that need to come up forward. And I want, you to, I want to encourage you to come up and to ask someone to pray for you. Like whether it's that you need faith so that you'll get paid back or whether there's something specific. You can list to something specific. I know that for our church, we've really also been feeling the Lord highlighting physical healing. I know that sickness and illness and pain is a thief. And it can steal from you. It can steal, it can steal your hope. It can steal your love. So we're going to have our prayer team come forward. If you have been feeling in your body some sort of physical something that's been stealing from you, come forward. We feel like the Lord's just been asking us, like, hey, just try me in this. Just test me. See if I won't heal. I know for my husband and I, one of the things that Cade lost in, in the middle of everything was a kidney. So I've been praying, Lord, you're going to give me some kidneys. So if you have kidney issues, I want to pray for you. My husband and I will be down up front as well. We also have been asking God for lungs because Cade's lungs had tumors in them. So if you have lung or kidney issues, we would love to pray for you. It's really practical, but I'm going to take God at his word that he wants to pay us back. And I at least get a double portion, so I at least get one kidney so you can come forward. I at least get two lungs so you can come forward. I also want to say for those of you who don't know Jesus today, that you didn't know that this is what he's like and this is how he operates, I want to invite you, like, today is the day for you to realize you have an invitation to have your life back. He wants to give you eternal life and life abundantly. So if that's you, please come forward as well. Find out how to pray, how to invite Jesus into your heart. 
I'm gonna close this in prayer and then we're gonna do this ministry time and I invite you, please respond. Please don't let this be something that you just sit in your seats for. If you want something back, come forward. Lord, I just thank you that you are the God who faithfully pays us back, that you hate robbery. And Lord, I thank you that this story wasn't just thousands of years ago for us to read about, but it's thousands of years ago to show that you have a standard. When the enemy comes in like a flood, you have a standard for us to follow. So I ask, Father, that every heart that is thinking and remembering of a season of their life that stole from them, that they would recover all. That we would be people who pray boldly and ask you, because of your goodness, that we would recover all. We bless you, God.